0: Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Side by Side Dirt. It's your host, that's me, it's Sheldon. Well everybody, I'm super excited about this week's episode. But before we start, let's do a little recap of episode 11. We got to sit down with the owner, Jeff, of Starlight Bars. We got to talk to him about his product, how his lights work, and why I feel that they're on my top four list for safety on your side by side we got to sit down with him and talk about what it's like to drive his side by side on the streets of Arizona legally and we also got to sit down with Jeff and talk about what makes him a side by side enthusiast so everybody let's get episode 12 off with a bang and I'm calling this one Merry Christmas because Christmas is literally like five days away Who's excited? I know I am. I can't wait. And I hope you can't wait. And hopefully you get some side-by-side parts in your stocking this year. And not a lump of coal. So everybody, I finally reached out and I finally got somebody to sit down and talk to us about wheels and tires. So, I'm super excited about to have my guest on and we finally got the chance to hook up because this guy's really busy he does a lot for the industry and we just couldn't find the time and neither could he for us to bring you the next episode of side by side dirt the podcast so everybody grab a drink sit down and the reason why i say this is this is going to be a long one so everybody grab a hot chocolate and bailey's coffee and bailey's Hot chocolate and Irish cream, or just a good old fashioned Ryan Coke or a beer. Sit down because the next episode of Side by Side Dirt is coming to you now. Let's get our guest on the line. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Side-by-Side Side Dirt. We've got Ryan, one of the main men from Raceline Wheels, come here to talk on the show about his UTV wheels and also the tires that they also sell. Ryan, are you there? Yeah, what's going on guys? Hey Ryan, how are you doing today sir? Uh,
1: hanging in there, how are you guys doing?
0: Yeah. All good, it's uh, cold and miserable up here, but I guess it's starting to look a little like Christmas for us.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's nice and sunny down here, so that's good.
0: (laughs) Oh, that makes us jealous for sure. We're hoping for a brown Christmas, but uh, it's not going to look that way for
1: us. (laughs) Nice and cold.
0: That's right. So Ryan, we wanted to bring you on on Side-by-Side Dirt to talk about Raceline wheels. We know that you guys do a lot of trucks and car stuff, but we wanted to mainly focus on what you guys do in the side-by-side world. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like another parent company that also does tires too, right?
1: Yeah, we uh so we carry our full raceline product for UTVs, trucks, everything. Um, but our parent company, we are the US distributor for the Arison brand tires. Um, we mainly sell the aftershock tire, which is like an all-terrain type tire. Mm-hmm. But uh, we kind of cover cover all the, the markets with that stuff.
0: So when did Raceline get into uh, side-by-side wheels?
1: Um, so the side-by-side wheels, I think we've been doing it probably, I want to say about five, six years now. Um, I've been yeah. on board with the program for about three and a half years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I got hired on for my knowledge in the side-by-side industry. I came from a, a competitor and they now that we, I, I'm there, I have uh, my coworker Richard who came from another competitor. He, uh, we're really blowing the thing up, <laughs> getting it everywhere.
0: You can definitely see it because, um, I've been a big fan of race line for a long time. Yeah. I do have run a few of your wheels for sure. I haven't had the pleasure yet of running your guys' tires yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to invest that in the future right. for sure. Um, I see that you guys, you guys have a whole new line coming out.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Our, our new wheel line, uh is really changing the look of the UTV wheel industry, I guess you would say. Uh, We definitely kind of went, well, we never went that way, but we kind of went away from the gaudy, just random wheel designs. And now we're starting to do more, focusing on bringing truck designs back into the UTV industry. Um, And not not necessarily using a pre-existing truck design. We're designing our UTV wheels now as if it was gonna be on a street truck just the looks of it so uh
0: well i'm starting to know it's with raceline you guys are starting to accommodate the low end and going into the high end now.
1: oh yeah yeah we uh yep. we, we we're very blessed with the opportunity that we can do both sides of the market um from just normal off-the-shelf cast wheels to uh you know forged one piece made in-house wheels so there's not a lot of other companies that have such a broad spectrum like me. so it, it's pretty cool to see both sides of the market
0: yeah so th- there was a rumor that i heard that the rhino beadlock now don't quote me hopefully this is true but i did hear this rumor is that you actually helped design the rhino beadlock wheel yeah
1: yeah that is why it's called the rhino <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i just uh, luckily Two steps out of my office is our wheel designer, Um, and we sit there and talk all day about wheel designs. And one day, I went to him and I said, "Hey, I really think we need to make a mesh style wheel." And we sat down for a good two or three hours, came out with the rough draft, and you know, within three months we had our first samples. It was a, it was a, it was a whirlwind. And to be honest, when I did it, I didn't even expect them to call it the Rhino. I didn't even know what we were going to call it. yeah somebody's just like well why did, everyone calls you a rhino why don't we just call it the rhino i'm like sold
0: <laughs> well exactly i know when, when i heard about the rhino wheel i was like well somebody's designing a wheel for a rhino yeah <laughs> and then i was like at it, i was like and i've seen the rhino personally i've felt him and held them and i truly fell in love with them yeah
1: like, no we it, it's hard. uh it's we're, we didn't copy anyone with that wheel, that's for sure. Absolutely.
0: I, I totally agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah, we, be, we really
1: put our brain power together and came up with something unique. Um, when we did it, I really wanted something to where uh, you really didn't see the bolt pattern in the wheel. Um, yes. The problem with how small these wheels are and how big the bolt patterns are, you're, you're so limited to the space. So I really wanted to bring it in to where the bolt pattern didn't change the style it really just kind of falls into the spokes and everything like that so that was our main start with the whole thing and it we really accomplished it and uh it's cool to see it now we're bringing it in in the raw machine finish um we're gonna eventually have some bronze stuff and then we're gonna start moving into more the high positive offset race stuff with it too so it's it's well and
0: that that's what I find is a, a lot in the industry is, is that a lot of tire I mean sorry, a lot of wheels out there are always black.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh well I know that from
0: a, it's a number point
1: color sucks. out there. <laughs>
0: you yeah. Know, you
1: can't see a black wheel. So yeah. You know, our main goal was to come out with colors like even the gray, for instance. Um, you know, people will call me, I need a black wheel. Well, have you looked at this gray wheel? And they're like, No, but I need all black. And then they see it in person, yeah. and they're like oh, wow, that really changes the look of the wheel. So it's, it does. it's just getting creative and kind of thinking outside the box. And really, by what the way I looked at it was, I don't want an all... I mean, we offered an all black, but I don't want the all black to outshine. I want these other colors, too, because then you really see the style.
0: Yeah. Well, I know, is it the mm-hmm. RT Ripper and the RT Slasher? Yeah, those are...
1: Uh, those, that's nut- those are yeah. absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that was... The brainchild of Greg Mulkey, he runs our truck beadlock division. Yep. Um, he's been doing this. I, I, I always like to say he's the inventor of the beadlock, but he's been doing this for 30-plus years. So he came to me when I first started and, like, I want to make a dual beadlock. I want to be able to change the centers. What do you think? I'm like, dude, this is crazy. I don't even know where to start with this. So, he, uh, yeah, he came came out with that. that that's going really big with the uh, – the whole rock bouncing UTV market. Those guys are eating those things up. They love every second of them because the coolest part about it your the centers are all interchangeable. So you have four different offset changes. You break a center or you have a different bolt pattern. You can just buy another center. The rim shell stays there. So it's, it's very modular.
0: Well, to all my listeners, I could tell you right now, I'm definitely getting a set of those. Yeah,
1: that's, my next one, and the coolest part about those is it's it's a billet centered wheel. I mean, I don't think there's very many true UTV billet centered wheels on the market, so I get people all the time like, Man, like that's got to be expensive. I mean, it is pricey, but we're still you know falling right into the market a little bit, hundred bucks over like a normal bead lock, a cast bead lock, so it, it's still yeah. reasonable.
0: Well, and, it, and that's the thing about it. I personally like with my background being a custom miner and a designer I like the look of how it all came together with the race line on the outside of the beadlock and how it's like machined in there and and it, everything it just it just screams race oh, to me
1: yeah no yeah that's it uh, and the, the brush fillet center with the black shell like and then all the inserts for the um, for the threads those are all removable also so you know you cross thread break a bolt you just pop that out and put a new one in so it's so customizable and so user-friendly to where it's just like you can do man there's so many different options to do with that wheel
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like it was i i think that you guys definitely uh you definitely hit that one for sure um (laughs) i know that one of my and i know the the rhino was uh, i still love the rhino wheel and i'm definitely um Still to this day, I have them on, a, on one of my UTVs and I like them. But one yeah. thing that I do like is I like the, the A95, the trophy simulated beadlock. Yep. I like that look because that's something that you could actually get for your truck also. 100%. and also have And match your side by side. Like, it, that's, you know, you guys have came out with a lot of wheels, I feel, this year, of most manufacturers. I think you guys have came out with the most wheels, I think, online. I'm um, for consumers because there there's like there's the crank now like yeah we
1: ah. i think we did um five new styles in each style you know we got 14 15 and then each style has their own color variation so we're, yeah. we're definitely bringing in a big movement of new product and uh mm-hmm. it, it's the same thing as a rhino it's going back to wheels that aren't we're not copying people we really sit down you know go through the design process what's cool what's not color it's it's not just plug send us the wheels it we i've we've been working on those for a year so yeah i'm glad people are noticing the differences and stuff like that that's really cool to hear
0: well and, and that's what i'm saying is and it's nice to see a manufacturer that's actually starting to get some different colors out there available to a consumer right.
1: well yeah i mean look at the cars each each oem they offer so many different variations these cars nowadays just like you said simple black just doesn't cut it anymore
0: no i I agree and that's it's giving a person an option especially with that that raw look or that machine look it gives a a person an opportunity to basically two-piece color something if they wanted to oh yeah yeah
1: The, the cool part about the raw machine finish is it it opens you up to the translucent powder coats um, you could fully polish it, make it look really shiny. Yeah, I, it's just there's so many options. It's you're not just stuck with a painted wheel.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you, and that's what I'm saying. It's good to see that Raceline is um, basically coming into their own, especially in the side by side wheel industry. Um, yeah, and
1: it's just it. Especially nowadays, it's hard because we're we're definitely getting saturated or oversaturated with aftermarket wheel and tire companies. So. That was my biggest thing. Is you know we are we've been around for a long time. Maybe not the longest in the UTV industry, but we definitely wanted to show that we're not just a fly by night UTV company. We definitely have a solid ground and a solid base to keep this going for a long time.
0: Well, and that's what I also want to let my listeners know too. Is that the reason why I'm such a big fan of Raceline is because now with the wheel selection that they have in the side by side industry, and I'll say this again is that you can now select, you can get race line on your truck. So you yeah. can have it on oh, your yeah. truck, you can have it on your regular driver. You can have oh, it on... Even your...
1: all the way down to trailer. We're doing, you know, Defender yeah. simulated beat lock trailer wheels. So everything can match. It's, uh, yeah. it's a cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's the number one reason why I wanted to get you right on the podcast because I've been so enthused in the last few years of what Raceline's doing and how they're starting to grow as a wheel manufacturer and starting to, you know, get your guys' feet wet, especially in the side-by-side industry. And I think that honestly, out of all your wheel designs, it's pretty hard for me to pick. There's probably not one on there that I wouldn't pick. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, me being an enthusiast myself, And I, I mean, I'm literally working on my razor right now as we're speaking, but I didn't want for somebody to look at our catalog and be like, yeah, there's one or two styles I like. I wanted them to sit there and be like, all right, I can't figure it out because there's 13 different choices I can go with. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, And and that's what I want in a brand. I want to go and look at a page and be like, man, I really need to like sit down and figure out which wheel I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that, that's another reason why I started Side-by-Side Side Dirt, because there's a lot of people that are first-timers getting into side-by-side industry. And, oh, yeah, and they're,
1: they're persuaded, you know, whatever way right. the wind's blowing.
0: <laughs> that's right, and that's why I wanted to inform people to get different companies like you on board to come and talk about your wheels and other products and stuff, so that people could kind of, oh, i would never even heard of Raceline. I, I didn't exist right. it existed. I know in in Canada, we we have a lot of problems with that. A lot of people are like, I've never even heard of that company. Actually, that
1: that border really screws with things.
0: It does. (laughs) It does. And you can't believe it. It's like there's a wall built there, right? No.
1: (laughs) At the previous company I was at, we dealt a lot with Canadian customers. And
0: the, the complete
1: disconnect from what we have going on here to what you guys have going on is just mind blowing.
0: Well, and actually, I had a listener um, actually reach out to me here a few days ago, and he said, "You know, I want to say thanks to you." And I said, "Oh, what's that for?" And he said, "You've opened my eyes up to a lot of different companies that you speak about on your podcast, or the people um, that are on your podcast." And I said, "Well, that was the whole point of Side by Side Dirt was for everybody to open up their eyes and not to be brand loyal, right? But like to make it, so- make up their mind like, themselves, yeah." make up their minds themselves.
2: Yeah. And
0: I think, like I say again, what Raceline is doing with a different choice. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. there's wildness, there's trophy truckism, there's race style, there's, you know, mediocre. you know, it's, it just gives you a lot of variants of different style of wheels.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And it, uh, it really comes from the the dedication you know my group has to where we really are passionate about what we do and we're passionate about the utv industry i mean i raised i have my own car i've been doing this for 10 years and it's just like if i want this to keep going the way it's going i gotta put the time and effort into it i can't just throw some stuff up on a webpage and try and sell it or persuade no, I- people that we're the best thing ever it's just we're we're we are who we are because of the people working there, and we're very passionate about it.
0: Well, and if if anybody's uh, nobody's ever really heard about the side by side history, and that's another reason the part of side by side dirt is that there's also a side by side history.
1: Oh yeah, we're, we're we're going long enough now that there's a history.
0: <laughs> there is there yeah. there's a history in the side by side world, and it you know I remember when uh, the razors came out with 12 inch wheels. Oh yeah the rhinos came out with a 10 inch wheel and when you moved in from a 10 inch wheel into a 12 inch wheel you were like you yeah, were,
1: you're you were doing big yep.
0: yeah and <laughs> now like the side-by-side industries i've heard of guys getting into like 24s and 28 inch oh wheels.
1: it's that that side of the market with the big stuff i'm just blown away but yeah it's getting into big stuff they're running tractor tires out here in california they're running truck tires I mean, my, my Turbo S, you know, I see people bolting 35s on them and just running them like a normal truck tire. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. But it's cool because I have seen, I remember the Rhinos on 26-inch tires. I remember pushing my last company to make a 28-inch tire. Like, that was our yeah. biggest tire. So, it's it's crazy.
0: Well, I've seen guys with side-by-sides with 40s. Yeah. No, it's, it's just
1: insane. It's... Like I don't even have 40s on my truck.
0: I know, and that's what I'm say, Like, I seen the Can Am X3 a few months back, and it had 35s. Yeah, and I was like, it almost looked like it came like that from the factory.
1: Oh yeah, the, the Can Am's on the 35s, man. It, it's like, it's a natural fit.
0: And if people I don't, don't know about
1: realize, the parts, but the, it definitely works. It looks good on there.
0: Oh, and a lot of people don't realize, but trophy trucks are running 37s and 40s. Yep. Like, there's, there's not. And these things are running anywhere from, what, 600 to 900 horsepower. And they're right. running these big of tires. But the UTV industry, you know, we're only at, what, 172 horsepower yeah, or something? Yeah,
1: we're still under the 200 mark. and maybe yeah, we're 30 still put the fives
0: on. <laughs> maybe We're putting 35s on. Yeah. But that's where uh, a lot of tire companies are trying to make a truck-style tire again.
1: Yeah, no, that was a big um, – that's a – you know, about three or four years ago, the market really didn't have an all-terrain tire or a truck-style tire. It was very heavily suited towards the mud market. Um, but that also comes from the fact that back when we were using those sizes, they were transferable to utility ATVs and stuff like that. So nowadays, you know, we're making tires specific for UTVs, not not you know, kind of leaving ATVs out of the equation. And changing the way these look, I mean, it, it's crazy to me. It's so crazy.
0: It is. It's, it's crazy. It's even crazier. to I know it's a little unworthy, <laughs> but it's even crazier to see um, ATVs like running 34s and 37s. Right. Off the yeah,
1: point. no, it's it, it's <laughs> the, 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 it keeps growing. And, you know, you always think, oh, it's it's going to stop at one point. Or what size is it going to stop at? But, man, it's every year there's something new and something bigger.
0: And that's what makes the side by side industry. Yep. We're not going
1: anywhere. That's for sure.
0: No, <clears throat> I know for a fact it's it's so family orientated now. The side by side industry and lots of newcomers are coming in. I can't see like I've talked about in my previous podcast. I've had friends come up to me and say that side by sides are just going to be another no, thing. Like,
1: at-, I, at the beginning, everyone's like, "Oh, these are you know remember XR fifties and like the pick, pit bike craze." Like mm-hmm. everyone was saying, oh, the rhinos are going to be just like that. Give it four or five years. And yeah, I make my living in the UTV industry. Like I tell people that, and they're still to this day. I so it's like there's no way, there's no way. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my job.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's a lot of, and and I imagine that's a really good job. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I mean,
1: like I said, She's I've been doing me. it for a long time, but it. Yeah, I was in the right place at the right time, and it, I was at the the start of all of this, so it you know nowadays trying to get into it it's you got a lot of catching up to do even to have the knowledge or the the direction even I'm going in it it really isn't easy so I really lucked out in the fact that I started when the rhinos were just starting to take off and I was passionate about it because I loved off-road racing I raced dirt bikes forever and who what kid doesn't want to go and race a car you know what I mean so that made it easy for me to go all right I'm into it
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, for for my listeners that don't understand what and in California they call their side by sides cars. I know that's kind of
2: yeah.
0: gets the <laughs> side by sides. And then I have friends in Texas that were on the show, and they call them bikes.
1: Right. So oh yeah, East Coast they definitely call them bikes still.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but I, I can relate more to the California style because it is called. It reminds me of a car because it's really different.
1: Well, I'm looking at my Turbo S right now, and I mean, it's almost as big as my truck. Like, <laughs> I think and can barely fit in the garage.
0: That, that that That's exactly what I'm saying is it's, I, I always call the side-by-side a cheap man's trophy truck.
1: Yeah, no,
0: 100%. <laughs> it's always been that way, right? Yep. And in Canada, there's not very many trophy trucks here at all. Right. Um, <laughs> unless it's usually on like video or Instagram or we head down your guys' way to see these things in action. Exactly. But Ryan, let's talk a little bit about your tire company that you guys are associated with
1: yeah yeah so uh the arison brand so i started like three and a half years ago so about two and a half three years ago they approached us so it's one of the the bigger factories in china cc rubber um they approached us this is their brand yeah and and they didn't have a u.s distributor and they kind of gave us the, uh, the exclusivity to it and said here here's kind of what we have where do you think we should take it and you know we kind of were involved with the uh design of the aftershock tire which is the all-terrain truck looking tire yeah and uh you know i i handle the race support and for that also in the marketing yeah um, but it just in this world this day and age you can't have a utv wheel company without a tire um kind of have to have both
0: i agree with you you know
1: it uh it changed the market to where you know even at a sponsorship level like i i lose racers sometimes because you know certain tire manufacturers want them to run their wheels so it just it's getting very cutthroat in that sense but the the arison tire it really it surprised me i came from an american-made tire company so at first, I'm like, all right, it's a Chinese tire, but man, it uh, it took me by surprise in the fact, the of it, how well it worked was just mind blowing to me. And then also just, our, you know, we're mass producing these things. We don't, man, I get maybe one warranty, a freaking every six months on these these tires. So it, they're built really well. And um, the cool part is they they added Kevlar to the tire. So Mm -hmm. that reduces the overall rubber. So we're able to keep our weight down just by that. Um, Like, for instance, our 32, uh, 10, 15, man, it's 38 pounds. So, you know, our competition is in the 40s, 42. Mm -hmm. And uh, just keeping that weight down really helps the the longevity of them, too. So it's just cool to be in that side of it, um, bringing in a newer brand. It's not a real name brand, but it definitely... It's definitely gaining some weight, especially here in California with the all-terrain. Um, we do have some mud offerings and stuff like that, but that's solely distributed through uh, Tucker Rocky um, in the state. But it's uh, it, it's been working out well for us. I'm pretty stoked on it, and I, I hope it keeps growing. Uh, there's talks of doing a 35 and trying to bring that stuff in, because the biggest right now we have is a 32.
0: Well, and that's the thing about it, is trying to keep up on top of that, because right. <laughs> You guys got like basically um, six different UTV style of tires. Correct. Yep. And you also order. You also have the XC Plus, which is more of an ATV tire. Right? Four
1: quad tire. Yep. Yeah. And the tire, right? You, you kind of got to offer the whole plethora of them because yeah. it, we're already in a niche market. So there's so many different little markets in this. So if you're only doing one, you know, you're not capitalizing on the whole big picture. So you got to have the mud tire. You have to have the all-terrain. You have to have the sport quad tire. And yeah, and it, uh, it, It's hard in the aspect that it's not a name brand and it's not a household name like a BFG or an ITP or something. But it definitely helps me out because, man, most of my customers love the fact, hey, I need some wheels. Oh, you got tires too? Cool. Add those on. So it, it just makes it a one-stop shop at that
0: point. Well, and that, that's that's the whole point of the UTV industry. It's always kind of been that way, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. You don't want to be calling thirty different people just to get two tires.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit of because the other tire that I do like from you guys, I do I love the aftershock, but what about the gearbuster? Why why would you guys call it the gearbuster? <laughs>
1: um, that was man. That was a weird one, but <laughs> it, it was kind of. We came out with that to have a in between mud all terrain tire. Yeah, um, I ran those on my T4 a couple years back, and it really, it kind of broadened the spectrum of what you could do with a tire instead of being so specific. Yeah. Um, the cool part about that tire is it's also the same thing. You look at it and you're like, man, I've never seen a tire that looks like that. So. It kind of draws people in. But yeah, the Gearbuster name, believe me, I was not the first one to raise my hand with that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys also, to all you mud guys out there, because um, I don't want to be racist towards mud guys. Yeah. <laughs> thing, and then you have the uh, Swamp Thing, that's that one called, and then you also have a, a Tough Mudder too, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, so the like the tough Mudders, your you know replacement OEM replacement sizing, all that stuff. Um, then you get you know, the the swamp thing and the bigger stuff to where we just it gets more aggressive. Yeah, uh, the progression of it, and then also you can see the sizing starts getting bigger. So,
0: well, I some- can tell you on on one of the feature builds that I was gonna do, I was actually gonna run the deep mud. Yeah, guys um, didn't offer in a in a bigger wheel size was the only thing that stopped me from running it, but. I like the look of it. It kind of got that alligator skin look to it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, the
1: pictures really don't do it justice. In person, it,
0: it's pretty yeah. Wild looking. Absolutely, for sure. So, Brian, because you, you, one thing that I've talked about in my previous podcast is I've talked about sponsorship, and yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, I've tried to explain it the best way I thought is possible. Um, because I've been in that situation looking for sponsorship and it is very hard Correct. to make companies like you believe in something um, I've also talked to people about doing different things to make yourself stand out uh, in our previous podcast we actually had Al McBeth 357 who's oh, yeah. a world record um, breaking records yeah. and for his sponsorship and what it took for him to get the sponsorship you know he did death-defying jump to get his sponsorship but let's Let's go to, like, an average person that's a racer or looking to get out there and race. What does Raceline look for in a racer to become part of the Raceline team?
1: Well, I mean, I'm definitely in a more unique position than um, my competition because I do race. I have a passion to go race, and, you know, I also do sponsorship. So I really know I'm pretty specific on what I want, but at the same time, it really keeps me... Getting the people I need, uh, more or less, to to represent our brand. Because you got to remember, a sponsorship isn't just, "Hey, we're going to give you a bunch of tires or wheels." It's the fact yeah. of the matter is you are representing race sign. like, yeah, you know, you are my marketing. I I really don't. We don't do print ads very much anymore. You know, our marketing is solely based off of our sponsorship and race support and you know, mm-hmm. vehicle builds and stuff like that. So we're very specific on what we want. Um, I've I've luckily been in the sponsorship side of things for the whole time I've been doing the UTV stuff, so I've seen the progression of it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, nowadays, it's getting very, uh, I don't even know how you say it. It's a lot of gimme gimme, but with no return. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've always... You know I I'm very core to the people I use and if you're if you're loyal to my brand I'm gonna be loyal to you it doesn't even matter if I'm switching to another brand you know what I mean I I'll make sure you're covered so gaining these relationships and uh you know from the outside looking in people just look at it as hey you know it's a it's a way for me to get free product well at the same time you got to look at it as hey like do I fit into what Raceline has going on do you know am i able to give them back what they're giving me you know a set of wheels set of 15 inch race wheels i mean that's you know they're 200 bucks a wheel retail so that's a good chunk of change and you know when i give that to somebody it's like all right dude like i need you know a couple hundred bucks worth of stuff back this way but not at product but at least your your marketing and your how you present yourself so uh, it, it we're, we're in a weird time on the sponsorship side of things I, I really see we need uh, all the companies really need to kind of dial back what they're doing um, yes it, I, I I like I said I'm passionate about the UTV industry so I don't want to see it get so hoarded out to the fact where you know we're going to start losing companies just because they're throwing so many so much product out there
0: you know oh and I agree with you yeah and I, I've tried to explain to this people for years because I know even for me to go after sponsorship it, it's very hard yeah and, oh yeah and and somebody that's coming into fresh because in all honesty the young generation um wants to get out there and race but they don't know how to start no. they, they don't have guidelines um they they look at guys like you um they kind of worship guys like you and other people to see what you guys are doing on Instagram. And a lot of these uh, privateers, you know, uh, my heart goes out to privateers because a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of dedication that a privateer does. Oh yeah, and dedication pushes. and
1: just just sheer money—it's insane.
0: Right, and that's the thing is it, it's. Um, I know, like when me and Al were talking about it, um, the other episode we were talking about how he said a comment about how people said that he was spoon-fed right <laughs> and he clarified that definitely on the podcast that he definitely wasn't spoon-fed at all no
1: well <laughs> and that's another big thing is uh you know people well nowadays with social media and everything people write people off automatically you know absolutely i have really good friends that still race and they race for a long time but they you know they've always dealt with the fact that oh my parents have money and everyone thinks that that's why i have all the sponsors well no they you know they've been working their ass off and they got themselves into these positions so yeah. it's uh it's hard to be in this the sponsorship side of things but at the same time it's really cool because it it definitely it feeds our industry like we 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 the stuff we do on that sponsorship side really pushes the envelope and gets everything going I mean I meant some of the stuff I'm dealing with nowadays I'm just like I'm so just blown away I you know I'm dealing with the guys at Hoon again like I just this morning I went and dropped off wheels at Robbie Gordon's race shop like it's, yep. uh, that's where the evolution is going and it's just you can't do that by just sitting at a desk and (laughs) taking orders all day so you
0: and that that's the thing about it and actually we Ryan, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for weeks and we know that you've been busy yeah (laughs) we want to definitely switch but i was actually trying to get you before the baja 1000 but you were super busy getting ready to pre-run that
1: yeah no i I was literally building my turbo s to get it ready to go (laughs) pre-run yep and
0: how was that experience
1: um Baja, to me, is honestly life. Like, I live to go to Mexico, and uh, I'm really blessed with the fact that Signs one of the title sponsors for SCORE. We are the yeah. official wheel down there, so I get to go down there and live my childhood fantasies and also collect a paycheck at the same time. So, it's just, it's insane, and, you know, I got this brand new Turbo S four-seater from Polaris because... You know they I you know they know that I go down there and I live this life so they're like here this is gonna be the ultimate pre-runner and man I went down there I put a cage doors tires and wheels you know all the safety stuff and went and pre-ran fuck I, I almost did three 350 400 miles yeah I didn't have a single failure on anything like it this these machines are just so cool. of The fact that I can just turn the key and jump off the trailer and just go do 350 miles in Mexico.
0: <laughs> well, and that's, that's kind of how the industry, but that as a consumer, that's what we've asked for. And that's right. what manufacturers are starting to do. Right. Oh yeah.
1: I, I, have had numerous conversations with people. I mean, I've, I've raced Can-Ams. I've raced, I had a Yamaha. Uh, mm-hmm. I've raced Polaris and you know, They've all been highly modified and they're race cars, but I got this car and literally the when I went pre-ran to Mexico. I mean, I had I went to Glamis before that for Camp Razor and then straight to Mexico. So I really didn't have a lot of time in this car, so I didn't know what it was going to do. But I've never driven a bone stock UTV and been able to drive it hard, yeah, and not have any failures. And B, man, the suspension—it's just crazy that. You know, two or three years ago, I, I spent almost ten grand on King shocks for my Yamaha, and they didn't work. Any- Does this thing work? So it's just crazy to where the OEM cars have gone now.
0: Well, I totally agree with you, and that's, you know, I, I, with when players came out with the the Turbo S, um, I was actually pretty intrigued. Um, I wish that they actually would have came out with the S before Can Am released theirs because right,
1: it kind of got put on the back burner.
0: That's right because when Yamaha, um, basically what I call lost and forgotten themselves, right, especially you know they they um, they came out with the, the YXZ and everybody was like super excited because I feel that Rhino was one of the game changers that made a lot of the aftermarket industry what it is today oh
1: yeah it started this whole, whole world
0: and you guys in California have been a lot in the mix of, of all starting oh, Yeah, uh, what we follow suit today and it's crazy to see like all like you know that now while well, cats Textron bought out cat you know right. and Textron's coming out and you know, I still feel that it was just when the YZ came out, there was a lot of hype. Everybody's like, right. And then when it came out, there was a lot of people who were like disappointed.
1: Right.
0: You know, for players, I, I thought for sure that players would have came out with the 72-inch model before anybody. Because you would you would
1: have thought that. Like, for it- players to right. be being- to be behind the game on that was kind of a, a eye opener to me. Yeah. But It definitely opened the door for Can Am and like Textron if they would have got ahead of the game a little more. But I think it's a blessing in disguise because at the same time, you know, by Polaris not releasing it before Can Am, now we're having this influx of Can-Am. So what does that do? That influxes the aftermarket world, you know, where a lot of people weren't making Can-Am parts, you know, or the guys that were making Can-Am parts and were struggling, now they're they're the big guys on the block. So it it it's 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 a win and a loss for Polaris, but at the same time, you know, it grew our industry tenfold when that Can Am came out. People are like, "This is the trophy truck of UTVs,"
0: you know. Well, what I, mean? I, I totally, I totally agree with that statement because I know me being in the custom industry and and part sales myself. I have a, I had a lot of customers, especially in Can Am, that said, "Hey, are you, are you racist towards Can Am? <laughs> Why? Well, you really don't have a lot available." I'm like, "Because there's not a lot available." Right. especially for the Mavericks you know everybody's like well I said they're just they're not popular in the U.S. they're definitely not going to be
1: popular like, where you're at
0: yeah <laughs> like um I've heard a rumor there's there's actually a, a dealership down in the U.S. that actually sells more side-by-sides in in a month than all western Canada's sells in a year
1: I, I don't doubt it. And I probably know which dealers have shipped that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's what I'm saying is <laughs> a lot of people, cause um, a lot of people from the U S don't realize the market is small in Canada, but we're just as big enthusiasts as you guys in the side by side industry. Oh yeah.
1: No, I, I, and I know that firsthand cause I definitely, I take customer service calls a lot too. So yeah. I talk to the Canadian customers and stuff like that. So it's, I, I know where where the market's at and which each market is, but it's cool the fact that each market nowadays, with all these different side by sides, because you know, each brand is loyal in certain areas. Players may be loyal here, but you go back to Louisiana and they're diehard Can-Am guys, and then you go, you know what I mean. So each area or each market has their brand loyal guys. So. I definitely like the fact that Can-Am did that first yeah and I I actually I, I've raced in a factory Can-Am I've you know done a lot of stuff with Can-Ams but you know Polaris approached me with the new Turbo S and I it's just cool that I get to see both sides of it and it uh, it, it, there's no stopping it it's just going to keep this going and it's going to keep you know people like me with a job <laughs>
0: Well, exactly and, and that's the thing about it is we've once again repeated it is I don't see the side-by-side industry ever getting smaller. I know I had a conversation with my friend over five years ago and uh, I said to him five years ago when I was actually at the central I said um, you don't realize we haven't even seen a quarter now compared to what it's gonna hit. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I
1: see the sales. I see a lot of the sales numbers on OEMs, and they're they're still climbing almost yearly.
0: Yes, and I know that the my last week podcast I actually had a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff from Starlight Bars, and he talked to us because he he was growing up in Arizona, and he was actually talking about how it, they're actually driving them on on the streets now.
1: Oh yeah, Arizona is crazy, man. It's you throw a license plate on the damn thing, and it's your daily driver.
0: Yeah, like it, it, it's 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 getting insane to see, what what's really going on, right? And and that's, you know, up in Canada, like I said, we don't get to enjoy that of driving on the streets, right? Um,
1: well, yeah, our, I'm in I'm in communist California, so I deal with the same thing.
0: You you deal with the same thing, yes. <laughs> right, you you, know, you you have to load up and travel to go in a lot of spots just like we have.
1: It is hell. And that's another reason why I like Mexico so much because you can drive whatever you want on the the roads down there.
0: (laughs) And well, and that's, that's, I just wish that more places would open up the side by side industry and understand that just because you're an off roader doesn't mean you, you dig giant holes and you throw garbage. I mean,
1: even going beyond that, there's on the opposite side of things, uh, you know, Places like, I want to say like either Montana or South Dakota or one of those, they're regulating width limits on a lot of these trails or saying no UTVs on these trails. So that's, that's, in my eyes, hurting a lot of this. You know, we're recreational use, so we're we're going out and we're bringing money to these towns, but they want to limit us to a certain vehicle or a certain width. And it's just, you know... It sucks, but at the same time, it's like, dude, come on! Like, we're not out here to thrash. I mean, yeah, maybe there might be those guys, but
0: you can't
1: pigeonhole us. You know, you let a snowmobile or a quad or a bike go wherever they want. You know,
0: <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Is just because there's a few bad apples, um, you know. Why Runa for the rest, yeah. right? Oh
1: yeah, for sure.
0: You know, like here's here's a prime example. I was actually talking to a gentleman from Arizona, and we were we were discussing about it because I wanted to start pushing side by sides legal in Canada for the street because right. I think the potential's there. I know that there'll be new families coming to the table. It'll help the off road industry itself. Yeah, it'll educate people. And I was talking to this gentleman. And he said, "You want to know something?" He said, "You actually have a better chance." Of getting hit and killed <laughs> on a bicycle riding the streets of Arizona than you would in a side by side.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that.
0: And I was kind of like, I could definitely see that too.
1: Well, we, we like we go to um, Moab every year for Rally on the Rocks, and uh, you know you can you can drive our street legal UTVs on their streets there, but it has to be street legal in your state. Well. Now, I heard, we're going next year, and they're Utah said, oh, we're not going to follow Arizona's laws, so any street legal Arizona is not allowed. So, it's just like, what? Really? Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy that they're, they're regulating that kind of stuff, and it's like, it's bullshit. You know, Utah regulation is, is the same as an Arizona one, but somebody wants to have a power trip and say something like that so
0: if you look at utah a lot of their industry i don't care what anybody says is off-roading it's, oh, it's and
1: off-roading or just huge. recreational use to begin with you know mountain biking you know, all that stuff
0: like even people from canada you go are you going to utah like people know that utah because they know what utah i i've got friends that that run jeeps down there and i've got friends that run side by sides right like, they can't really wait to get to utah to go and run yeah and that's what Utah is known for—is off-roading because it—it's right. it, a crazy train there because they got so many different trains there in Utah to really hit that it's something kind of always different. And I know when when I was talking to Jeff from Arizona, like he said, he can literally leave from his like his garage and like go to a lake, and right. like, he can be four hundred miles. Right. To- <laughs> Where I I
1: have to drive two or three hundred miles and then unload my car and then drive it.
0: And that—that's exactly what we run through too, right? Yeah. And it's an unfortunate part that the governments would start. Well, if they're I gonna think, govern- I
1: think, after all, like their rhino, you know, lawsuits and all that stuff, people got a bad taste with YouTube. Their and, oh yeah. And for some reason, lawsuits and shit like that, people really just hold in their memory bank. <laughs> so, yes. And now cars are totally capable of being on the roads and, you know, probably safer than some of these Korean cars out there. and, wow.
0: and But <laughs> when, I, when I was actually in, uh, when I was talking to one of our officials here, um, this conversation that me and him had, and I, I he said, I, I just can't see side-by-sides being legal for the street. And I said, why can't you? Yeah. Well, you don't need DOT approval. I'm like, well, let me put it this way. Down in Arizona, I know for a fact that they classify them as motorcycles. So if yep. you have a motorcycle, you can drive them and blah, blah, blah. And he said, wow, motorcycles. I said, yeah. why can't you run underneath the motorcycle law? Well, right, it's
1: it, it's, tech- it's regulated on the, the CC limit and stuff like that. So yeah. there, there's a regulation to it. It's not like we're putting V8s in these
0: things. Well, and, and that's what I said to him. I said, it's not like a motorcycle – is really a safe unit. Yep.
1: Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> usually in a car crash, it's usually you. It, yep. It's usually. The bike always takes the, uh, the brunt of it. And your body is always the one that's throwing the first from the bike. Like, that's the way it kind of goes. And he said to me, I can't figure out why they're doing that. And well, I
1: said, and, and at the same time, when you say the DOT thing, like, you know, I've heard. Some people say, oh, you know, Arizona only lets you run on DOT tires. Well, show me a cop that can look at a tire and tell me what's a DOT and what's a non-DOT tire. You know what I mean? So to say that the DOT regulation even makes it on some of these cars that are on the street.
0: and, And that's what we had a discussion about. And he said, well, you know, for us, you know, government guys. Well, you know, we have to, uh, you need DOT tires. Right. i said, I'll pretty much run DOT tires now. Well, you need headlights, and you need a horn, and you need mirrors. I said, well, we all run mirrors. Yep. <laughs> I said, only thing we have to add is some turn signals. Turn signals, and maybe a horn. And he's like, that's it? I'm like, pretty well. But then his excuse, well, these vehicles don't come stock like that. And I said, well back in the day there was motorcycles that were dirt bikes and people converted them over to promoters. Well, there's there's there's
1: companies nowadays that build turn signal kits and build horn kits and build a street legal kit for these cars.
0: Well, that's what me and Jeff from Starlight Bars were talking about last week. He actually builds a light bar where it's got turn signals and hazards and all that stuff in it. And
1: And it's DOT legal
0: probably. And that's the thing. You know, like he said, and I posted pictures of it on our Facebook and Instagram showing him how it actually works with the satellites and the flashers and stuff. And like I said, I don't understand why we can't because we, we were having a discussion here with a bunch of friends of mine and they were all like, oh, that'd be so cool to have your side by side. And I said, think about it. Yeah. So you could drive your side by side to the grocery store to get some eggs because we know 90% of the people don't want to walk anymore. No, um, no. <laughs> Why would you want to start up your f-350 your big gas guzzling diesel
1: oh imagine the parking situation
0: like we have right.
1: parking issues here the side-by-sides are half the size sometimes so, shit, parking you, so a stall right yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: that's right and that's why a lot of people drive uh, street bikes is because they use them for commuter right and that's, that was my argument to this government official was like at least give us that option You know, that's right. Give us that option give us that option for us to run and and, and prove ourselves that we're all Not these bad people, right?
1: Well, and, and that's like California, you know, I'm in Southern California the Mecca of traffic and you know, I don't choose to ride a bike all the time because it's sketchy as hell, but you know, I can, I have the option to, but man, like if I had an option for the UTV side of it, like, man, I could buzz here, buzz that, but I'm not going to do it all the time. But, and I think these people look at it as everybody's going to do it automatically. We say it's street legal. Every guy with UTV is going to be out there. And I yeah. don't think that, that people are going to be able to be like, ah, eh, it's not for me. Or yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to use it as a street legal car. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I've got a real funny situation. i got a real funny story about this government guy. These 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 government people that they, they put all these rules in place and you try asking them questions and they think that you're a little bit beneath them. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was talking to him, he did get me on one thing. He's like, you know, one thing that I know for sure is that they don't come with mud flaps. I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> a new truck. They don't come with mud flaps and they don't come with block ears. And he goes, What? And I was like, you can't go buy a brand new truck off the lot with mud flaps. You have to pay for that.
1: Oh, yeah. That is an add-on.
0: That is an add-on. <laughs> I'm like, you got to pay for that. And he's like, and I said the same thing with a block heater. Does anybody realize that it gets like minus 50 in Canada? Right. And they can't figure where their vehicle doesn't start because they didn't buy an optional block heater.
1: That's another
0: option. <laughs> that's another option. Yeah. And that's what I said. I said to him, well, that's an easy option. I said, because... We can get fender flares. We can get optionals there. So there's really nothing that you could really say to stop us from doing it.
1: No, and, I, and like you said, at the same time, it's the inexperience or the, you know, that's right. They just they want to just automatically rule it out just because they don't know about it. Well, you know, we're well off nowadays, so where there's enough people in this industry as we could educate people on, you know safety in these cars and stuff like that it, it, they automatically just ride it off because they don't know about it which-
0: that's what, and these are the people that are making the changes when they don't understand right. I know that I met with uh, a female who actually rides dirt bikes and um, was part of a, a traffic thing um, especially in Alberta and uh, we, we were sitting down talking and, and she's like she can't believe it um, where she grew up she could ride anywhere Right. We're not signs being posted here. You can't ride here. Right? You can't do this and you can't do that. And I said, I-, I know. I feel the same way because I said, especially living in Alberta and in Canada, I said, I feel like I'm trapped. Yeah. I said, because I've grown up with dirt bikes and quads and, and I eventually moved in side by side because my bones were hurting and I was scared about breaking myself and not going to work on monday (laughs) and um she was so the look on her face was priceless because it was like this woman here knows exactly what i'm talking about but she is her mouth is being shut because she knows she can't say anything. right but I, i said to her the conversation ended and i said you know what we should have people like you that are educated in growing the sport and realizing that the off-road industry is here to stay. Right. And it's a good way for families to get out and see the wilderness. And
1: and, and it's not even the fact that we're asking, I'm going to drive this thing on the highway thousands of miles. It's like, I want to be able to like go somewhere and be able to transfer to another section and use the road.
0: So what well, I got to it-
1: trailer it just to transfer or do whatever.
0: Well, here was the funniest thing is in in Alberta, we could actually literally, we were allowed to go from our house into wherever destination. We were never allowed to rip around the streets or anything like that. We were allowed to go down back alleys and get out of town. And we yeah. were also allowed to go to the gas station to fill up. and then. But we had to go straight out of town. Where now, we can't even do any of that. You can't even think about it. You <laughs> can't even think about doing it anymore because... They're gonna name you like yep. they personally look. Oh, um, I'm kind of lucky because I live in an industrial kind of park, so the what I call the five O, they don't really show up here too much.
1: Right. right, so you're you're lucky enough where you can get away with. Right. And
0: yeah. not, not listening to this podcast because. <laughs> but um, that's what I'm saying is we need to. That's another good point that I also want to bring side by side. Dirt, the podcast was because I wanted to, to educate people. And, there, and what we all need to do as side-by-side enthusiasts, for us oh, yeah. to the sport and to expand the sport, was to start pushing into our government and start telling them about the off-road industry. Yeah, and
1: well, and how much it brings. I mean, it, it brings a whole right. life and, you know, money to the, a lot of these areas. I mean, yeah, California's a lot of desert, but at the same time, there's a lot of little towns out there that only make money off us going out there and using our our side-by-sides or dirt bikes, and, you know, if you start shutting down these roads and areas, then they're not going to be accessible, and then what's going to happen to those little
0: towns, you know? Well, and that's what I'm saying. The off-road industry is really important for the economy in a lot of ways, because it supports food, it supports gas, it supports when you buy an RV, it supports yeah. when you buy a truck, it supports the off-road industry, and that. This is one thing that I'm going to say, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but what really ticks me off about the manufacturing, so we're talking Polaris, Yamaha, Honda, Textron, why aren't these guys out there trying to help us and clubs to give us money to help us raise money or do something for us to push the industry?
1: I can tell you from being on the manufacturing side of it and the OEM side of it that our our power sports recreational use to them is you know maybe 5% of their their sales so they're they get they get so focused on you know the marketing side of all this which is cool but at the same time you know, like, take Kawasaki, for instance. Everyone's all pissed off. Why doesn't Kawasaki ever come out with a sport UTV? They don't need to. The TX yeah. is fine for their makeshift sport utility vehicle. They sell 100,000 mules a year to, to all these guys. So it just, they, they have that whole side of it. And then, you know, they see all this side of it, in which that's where, like, people like me, it's like, I help these clubs or you know local racers and stuff because i know the fact of the matter is they're not going to get the help from the oems they're they're looking for us to be you know their guiding light and stuff like that which is
0: they're, they're looking to side-by-side enthusiasts ambassadors. right you know i understand that point and but the thing is that if it wasn't for us side-by-side enthusiasts
1: yeah no they would have no after- they
0: wouldn't be yeah. It's it's the same thing that I've, I'll probably bite my tongue when I say this. I've always felt this way: is that players didn't get as big as they did, especially in the side by side industry, because of the stock of their vehicle. No. They got as big as they did in the industry because of the aftermarket industry.
1: Well, and players, they
0: aftermarket companies. That's the reason why they bought yep. the Glamour.
1: And players definitely changed the the way side by sides are even ATVs were marketed at the time. Uh, I've heard this from, literally from an OEM, you know, high up person, but not Polaris, but a different brand. But they said straight up when Polaris first started their marketing campaign on the Razor 1000, you know, the car was jumping. The car was doing 80 miles an hour. The car was blasting through dunes. So think back at that time, Think of all the other commercials—the Kawasaki, the Yamaha commercials. It was just a guy on a trail cutting along. Yeah. You know, like looking, looking, just retarded. But it's just they really changed the way they they market all this.
0: Yeah, uh, like when you, when, I remember seeing the first Yamaha commercial, and I remember saying, like, wouldn't that be kind of cool to see like a a Rhino versus a pedal bike? I think the pedal bike would beat it. Yeah,
1: exactly. It be, it's just so lame. So when yeah. When, when Polaris came out and just started hitting it hard with, you know, RJ Anderson and people jumping and these cars, it was just like it took it took us off into a whole nother realm. So I think I think Polaris really kind of changed it in that aspect. But and even now Can Am starting to do it and now Textron's starting to do it. So they're slowly taking suit. But yeah, they, they should definitely cater towards what we have going on because we definitely drive it.
0: Well, and, and, and I can tell you right now, I, I'm not biased to any side-by-side. I think that if you're out there, if you're running a rhino or you're running a mule, I've actually been in a Kawasaki mule. And <laughs> I can tell you right now, I don't care what you run or what you drive or what. I still, like I said, I, I've got a couple rhinos and I still love them. I, right. I like my history to what we're seeing going on. And I'll probably die with them. They'll probably have to bury me with them. But... I just wanna see people out there um riding and having a good experience because when when I grew up as a kid there was nothing like back in the day, there was nothing like <laughs> my dad on the back of his dirt bike. Oh yeah. Which is scary as heck now, because a lot of mothers go, You rode on the back of your dad's dirt bike. Well yeah. and they, Pretty much, I didn't know enough to even hold my head. And I don't helmet then either. So.
1: <laughs> there's definitely that that you know, I grew up I wanted a dirt bike and then at eight years old I got my first dirt bike and I'm like dude well, this is insane and then I started racing and it's just the evolution but every time I look at my car or my dirt bike I'm just like it takes me back to thinking of me just thinking about all I wanted was that dirt bike so well and that's exactly you would really lose lose the passion you know if people really can't I, I think what's happening nowadays, especially with the side-by-side market, it really, it's turning into, I can go buy this car and be BJ Baldwin for, you know, 40 grand and 200 bucks a month. Well, that's know, right. those guys never really had that passion. They just see it on TV and they want to do it now, but...
0: Oh, and that's what I'm saying is, is that's why I... I... I'm such a side-by-side enthusiast. It's because of those those valid points that you make. That's why I'm trying to be an ambassador to the best right. way I can. Is because there's so much to the industry, and there's so much history to the industry. Yeah, a lot of nobody's ever really kind of brought that out there. No,
1: and you know we we have our own media and our own marketing guys, but there's so so pigeonholed on their OEMs or their manufacturers right. that they don't even bring any of this side into it well and that's heartening because you know i work my ass off to to really promote the brand i'm with or the lifestyle i'm living and you know for our media outlets to just be like players and players only it's kind of bugs me
0: <laughs> well here's a prime here's a prime example i've got a, a younger kid that, that lives right across the street from and every day he comes off the bus, he literally jumps on his dirt bike. It doesn't matter if it's rain, snow, sunshine, and miserable cold out there. That's
1: his life.
0: Yeah. And actually, as we're talking on the phone, he's actually driving his motorbike. And my, my neighbor said to me, we "We're having we we're having a neighbors group there talk. All my neighbors, were all they they they, they don't care. Nope. And and uh, my one friend, uh, I told her about this, and she goes. Well, why would you deal with that all the time i'm like honestly i think that kid's doing an awesome job and she said why i said first of all he's not home playing the video games he's right. not getting into trouble yeah be he's learning drugs and getting drunk at- that's right and he he's learning what i call independence oh yeah 100 that's right and she said well i would never get my kids on a dirt bike and I said, well, I can understand that because...
1: It is dangerous. Even the UTVs are dangerous. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I said to her. But I said, why won't you get your kid in the side by side? And honestly, for the first time, I actually stumped her. She had nothing to say. I <laughs> said, well, you, you, you get in your car every day. Right. It's
1: you're, you're, you're creating a passion, a fire in somebody that they can actually, you know, do it themselves and jump on a bike that's- or... Clean it or fix it or whatever. I mean, that's
0: right. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate mail for mothers, <laughs> but honestly, now your mothers have no excuse because these players with the Razor 170. Now they got the Ranger 50. They also got the Ace 150. They're they're building for you for kids. Right. For your well,
1: I, kids. I mean, I, I'm a new father. I, I my kid just turned one years old, and you know, he's. I've done three rides with him in my UTV. Each ride over 60 miles. And I can just see every time he looks at my car, it's like, that's me. Like, that's his life. You know what I mean? So if we don't have this, what what are these kids' lives going to be? Just like you said, video games, drugs, something like that. That's
0: right. They don't get to learn the experience of what it's like to feel that fresh air moving through your face, what it's like to have freedom. I, I knew what it was like to grow up. Definitely in the off-road industry. And I remember, I'm going to tell you something. When I was a young man, and this is way off topic, but I used to be a heavy snowmobiler. And uh, that's what we do in Canada. (laughs) And and I used to go with my friends to like 11, 12 o'clock at night. Right.
1: And that was your life. You lived to do that.
0: That's right. I literally put on like 3,000 miles a year on my snowmobile, hanging out with my friends. As soon as we were off the bus, that was it. We were getting changed up. We were me. We're meeting on the middle of the lake. Yep. And that's what we and And we had so much fun growing up. And I I have an 18 year old and I also have a 10 year old. I look at their life and I've tried to create the best way I can with what platform I have for them. Right. And it, it's fun for me. And to, to show them that life. And when I tell them stories about what it was like to hang out with my friends and, and all this stuff, they'd look at me like I'm sideways. Right. Like, no, there- I, yeah. Right, they they don't understand, and uh, my kids have been raised mostly different than a lot. But like I said, I'm going to get a hate mail from mothers because <laughs> there's no excuse now for you not. No, no have- there's
1: there's enough there's enough means and know-how and protection and just it's not just trap the kid in and let him rip. I mean, it, it's it can be the evolution. I mean, take me for instance. I was freak I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do out of high school I loved my dirt bike I loved going to the desert I loved racing so I started slowly working at race shops and working my way in and then all of a sudden I'm like well man I'm good at you know marketing and being yep. a customer service person and actually you know having a passion for what I do and nowadays it's like you know I, I I still have friends I went to high school with they look at me and they're like how are you doing this like you're you you day you go to work you are stoked like you like to go to work and you like what you do i'm like because this passion i had when i was eight years old this is where it brought me
0: and well I, I, that's the thing about it is Brian, i'm just as passionate about you <laughs> uh I'm off-road business i build custom i go to government i fight with people about government i talk to government officials Plus, now I'm doing side-by-side dirt. And it's it's hard for me even to bring that to the table. But it gives me an opportunity for me to tell people how I feel and what makes me a side-by-side enthusiast. Well, And
1: and it also shows people – I mean, it definitely shows people there's more to life than trying to become a doctor or trying to become a lawyer or whatever. You definitely can – I mean, yeah, people are passionate about being a doctor or whatever than being a medical field. But – it shows, like, I hope my son realizes when he's of that age, he can definitely choose how he wants to live his life. I mean, he doesn't have to go to college and make sure this happens. Like, there's so much more to life than just sticking your head in a book or worrying about a paycheck. Like, yeah, maybe maybe I can make a lot more money doing other stuff. But at the same time, am I going to be as happy? Will I be able to go live?
0: Absolutely. uh, You know, it's just... And then I, that's the same example because my daughter's 18, and she's got a lot of friends, a lot of female friends, and like they 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 better because she's so different because right. um she's the ones getting her hands dirty, she's in the mud, she's in the grease, she's changing oil, um, she actually. Uh, is actually getting into the, the the tire end of stuff she actually is going to start balancing tires and changing tires and getting And cars. that's
1: rad like and she's learning a trade to the fact of the matter like she might not even realize it now she you know all of a sudden she'd be like man like i could start my own shop and i could do this like it just
0: that's that's right and that's what i'm saying is uh, females there's so much room for you to grow especially in the man's world is what all of us old timers call it <laughs> the the day and age has switched that way, and well, I mean, you see lots of female racers out there that are coming out of the woodworks. And example
1: my is, uh is uh, Sarah Price. I've been I've known her since she was like ten years old. She's been one of my best friends, and she literally races a trophy truck for a living now. Yep. Like, what other female does something like that? There's, you know, it it just she. Man, I, I don't go to the dirt bike track with her because she's going to clean me out. Like, I, it, it's just,
0: it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. And that's what, because for my graduation, mm-hmm. for my daughter graduating this year, I actually let her race in uh, the Alberta Triple Crown, and she was the first female to race in that. And um, I was so proud of her to watch. And she actually endoed her second place <laughs> and, and didn't do too much damage on the car, anyways. But, um, when she did that everybody was like oh my god like she's a female she's gonna park it right and we had uh, PC radios on the line there because we could actually communicate with her and yeah, all she was saying, is there anything hanging off the car and we couldn't hear because it, it was like a mile away and she's like is there anything hanging off the car we're like oh just keep going go we'll we'll yeah. see when you come on the next lap right and uh, she's like okay okay and I know I know her mother her, her heart dropped to the ground <laughs> was the pci radios right. um um for communicating because she was all worried that she was hurt but when you're fully protected the way they are in harnesses and pieces and all that it, it on top of that that day she was actually leaving on a school trip to Putacana for nine days and uh, so she was a little bit sore don't get me wrong yeah but, but she got to experience that racing side and and she was always hooked and she and she's been around these industry for a lot of years with me. And she's been around a lot of different things, especially in the off road industry. And um, she was learning every day. And she had fellow racers that were helping her out. You know, she was scared. Yeah. But it was her dad didn't want her to direct the parts. That's why he was scared. Oh, you know idea. No, believe me. I know I know I mean, that you know. <laughs> Indiana, it cost a thousand dollars each right. corner. Yeah. So you know it's uh,
1: scared I'm gonna get hurt and die. It's scared Dad's gonna really be pissed when he
0: when I wrecked. That's what it was. His dad was gonna be pissed because <laughs> oh my god, like I'm gonna he's gonna whip me, right? Yeah. And no, but I was just like keep going, just keep on hucking her and doing what you gotta do. And um hopefully this year she gets back into it again. But females there's they're growing and I I I, I try to promote female racing as much as possible we need more, the females, um... they get, they get overlooked, they
1: Absolutely. Get definitely overlooked, but at the same time, you know, there are females, definitely doing it, for the wrong intentions, I guess you would say, agree? Mm-hmm. and it's cool, and it's very refreshing, to see girls like Sarah, um, Maddie, her, her, her dad works for Rugged, she races, like there's, there's a bunch of girls, Danielle, like there's a bunch of girls, racing that, that is their life you know I can talk to them like I talk to my buddies and you know we can go to the racetrack the same way and it's just so it's almost refreshing because you you get so blinded by everything else to see a girl out there doing it and just having it's just much fun it's just it's so rad
0: well and then it's all boiling down to the side-by-side history right (laughs) the the sport is is involving and so is the females in the racing I know when when my daughter was out there hocking it and doing everything else, she was doing out, the men's wives that were racing, the wives were going, wow. Yeah. Like, so like, like,
1: yeah, and their the- eyes were
0: opening. They're like, holy crap. They're like, <laughs> That's right. they're like oh, she's out there. Yeah. Why are we not? Yeah. So the husbands are going, what?
1: <laughs> now I got to have two cars?
0: <laughs> yeah, now I got to have two cars. And uh, these, you know, and, and they have young children. And they're like, well, why are we not out as a female, she started something, so why don't we get out there? And I said, in Canada, the, the racing program is not huge whatsoever. Like, if you have five side-by-sides at a race, <laughs> like, I know when I went to a race down in the United States, it, the five cars, that was, like, a, literally an inch apart from each other. Yeah,
1: i parker 250 in two weeks and i heard the pre-entry just for the pro turbo class was 80 cars yeah and you know that's just one class there's five classes now so it said man it, it's mind-blowing <laughs>
0: that's what i'm saying so all you listeners out there side by side there does support female racers and we want to see more of them out there. and i know ryan from raceline he's definitely on board and there's many other people out there that are on board with female racing. Oh, and it's,
1: it's, and it's one of those things nowadays. It's not, we don't look at it differently. We don't take it differently. I, I get a female race resume and I take it the same way. And you know, I'll give them the same sponsorship. It's, it's, it's not a, we're not segregating it anymore. It's definitely open. And even I I I, I had a kid the other day was, man, I want to say he was seven years old, sent me a race resume. I'm like, good for him. (laughs)
0: And then that's what I'm saying. It, it, now with the roll cage in effect, effect, it, it's opening up a lot of doors to young kids. Well, and the manufacturers
1: and, are, are definitely focusing on the smaller stuff and which, is
0: important because if you don't get the younger generation involved, it's just going to burn out. It, everything well, that me you and other thousands of other people mm-hmm. have worked hard to continue will eventually go away. Well,
1: I heard, I heard something the other day on the, the motocross industry, the, the age for new bike buyers for an MX bike was like age thirty to fifty. I and can I, believe that. The, and right there in my head, I'm just like, well, that's because you know, a lot of the big manufacturers stopped focusing on the fifties, the sixty fives, the eighty fives. You know what I mean? So, and it was the demise of the two stroke really hurt the small bike industry. Absolutely. And that, and it's just gonna kill kill their aftermarket where you know guys like Polaris they're definitely focusing on the 170 the 570 they're the 170 racing nowadays is more intense than some of the the pro turbo classes so it's just it, it's refreshing to see the fact that we are growing still but also at a younger level
0: well and that's right the only thing that about the side-by-side industry is I see it going so fast that it's almost in a little bit in you know, a way hurting the industry
1: yeah i I think we i think we plateaued definitely recently yeah Uh, you know we're we're pushing the limits of what we can do with a thousand cc's so yeah you know that to classify side by side nowadays it's under a thousand cc so we're gonna see that plateau and now it's gonna now we're coming into the phase of all right the cars are getting better to the fact of the matter i don't have to go spend another 20 grand on this car now i can do safety stuff and literally have the car i want
0: well and that's right the side-by-side industry of them just hucking bales and throwing your shovels in the back right that era uh is is not gone but it's definitely not the number oh, one it's in the
1: rearview mirror for sure because it's, i mean when i i owned it cowie t-rex 4 and i love the hell out of the thing, but man the amount of money and the amount of time and the amount of effort i put in that thing to be even able to go do the stuff i wanted it to do was just insane (laughs) but now i look at my turbo s and i'm like dude well oil change clean the filter all right let's go (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i think what i'm saying is that i feel that the government needs to give us an option as people to allow us to make the decision we're we want our land to go and how we want to ride
1: 100 percent, I, I totally agree
0: if there's any officials out there listening i think that you should give side by side dirty listen so you can maybe be educated or on call what how-
1: i mean literally call, call call these manufacturers call the aftermarket guys you know and get
0: everybody's input into it yeah
1: because we we live it this is our life we're not we're not just doing it just because it makes us money. We're doing it because it's a passion. I mean, people don't need cars and wheels for their UTV. They can run stock wheels. but That's I, right. I do it. I promote it because Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it, it just, they, I, know.
0: I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. And here's, here's a funny story. I actually got two friends from two different cultures. I have a friend of mine. He said, I, I want a side-by-side. And I said, well, you got a couple of kids. I said, go four-seater. And he's like, so he actually bought a Harley trailer around the four-seater. And uh, he said, uh, when his kids are, I think, three and five or whatever. And him and his wife go all quite a bit. And uh, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I normally don't do this. But I said, put a couple headsets in there for your kids to watch some cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> like, make it cool. <laughs> and, and he's looking at me and he's like, hey. Like, are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, just put him in there just in case. And he said they literally, him and his wife went out for like six hours. They went did a bunch of camping and all this other stuff, he said. And I said, So did you use those TVs? He said, Yes, I did. And I said, Honestly, dude. We're riding in the off-road industry. Are you gonna get an opportunity to kind of have the best of both worlds? Yeah.
1: The the Gucci luxury or
0: not. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying and there's probably going to be a lot of hate mail towards me <laughs> like TV's but I'm saying to you we all know as being parents if your kids don't like it
1: it's never going to happen
0: it's never going to happen and you usually leave the party earlier yep. so it's always good to have your kids entertained um, in a lot of ways and, and that's another reason the side by side industry is growing because you can put TV's in your side by side if you really want it shit,
1: to. shit be- I mean this Turbo S man what I got front and rear camera I have Full GPS, and yeah. Bluetooth, all I got to do is put speakers in, I, it, it. we're, you know, we're passing up some of these Honda Civics they're putting on the market, there's enough technology in this thing, although, oh, and the, the suspension, it just, we're, we've grown to where we're making our own headway now, we're not copying, just like my wheels, I'm not copying people, we're making our own things because this is what we need.
0: Well, and then that, that's what I'm saying to you is as an industry, like I said to you, now, I maybe I gave you an idea now. Now you can put some nice TVs in the back of your yeah, side by right? side. I, yeah,
1: <laughs> when I came to the this-
0: I'm gonna put some until
1: next year. these in my headrest. You'll know who said it. That's right.
0: Or you know, maybe we put a PlayStation and Xbox One in there, and we get to play some uh, what's that new one, Crew Two or something, yeah, right? We'll, we'll uh, have
1: all of it. We're gonna be in the middle of the forest, and we'll be playing
0: PlayStation. That's that's what I'm saying to you. So there's the side by side industry is like we say is unlimited to what you can do. And Brian, you know. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know I've been trying to get you on weeks on here because I knew you had a story to talk about. Oh, yeah. And I knew you could educate people in a lot of wheels and wheels and tire combo, but also how you're a side-by-side enthusiast yourself. Right. Yeah. And,
1: and, And, you know, I take a lot of phone calls a day. I talk to a lot of retail customers and, you know, I'll get them on the phone sometimes and just drop some knowledge on them and all of a sudden I can through the phone hear the, the the gears clicking like oh this is all making sense now like that's that's why we do what we do is is to make this all work and you know I think nowadays people don't give you know the phone call or the email enough credit because they just wanna make their own decision and run with it. Well you know your own decision's fine but at the same time I can give you a little input to where it's I'm gonna get you the right thing and then you're not you know spending $5,000 for something you didn't need
0: that's right and I totally agree with you and that's why it makes so people out there you need to listen because that's the whole point of Side by Side Dirt is to educate you to making your own decision and and in a way not be influenced by other people correct
1: and and at the same time ask questions I mean that's 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 why that's why I go to the races that's why I go to all the events is come ask me a question I mean it doesn't even have to be about the tires and wheels. It can be about anything. I mean, I've built every car I've ever built myself, I build it how I want to build it. So I, I don't I don't put this flashy bolt on. I don't just put stuff on that people give me. I pay for a lot of stuff on my car just because that's what I want.
0: That's right. Uh, and uh, and that's I, I've point. always
1: taken that approach because it's it's way more relatable. And I mean yeah. my cars they look a little different, but
0: Hell, that's what I need. That's what I want to go out and use and you know. Well, that's <laughs> industry has got to be so big is because it side by sides are built to your personality. Correct. I don't care yep. that's just the way you are. Yep. I'm the same way. I build them and I run them and I have good time, but it's a it's a part of my personality and my soul. And, when and, and I, it's almost like a tool. You
1: know, you build it the way you want to
0: use it. That's right. And that's 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 a hundred percent. And I know that um, I've been in the side-by-side industry for well over 10 years since the rhino days, and I've watched the industry grow. And I've been so proud to be part of the industry for this many years. And talking to people like you, and, and knowledge that I've learned from talking to people like you, um, it's been an amazing adventure for me. And I can't wait to see where the future is going to where the future is going to go. Yeah. For sure.
1: It, yeah, and it. it it really makes me happy to realize that there's a whole, you know, I, I, I get so honed in on what I'm doing that I, I forget that there's a boatload of guys out there just like me, you know, with the same passion. So it's very nice to talk to someone and just go over it because then it just, it all starts, it all starts coming full circle to where I can start really
0: making this happen
1: for a reason like you know you get, oh, you get down us,
0: on. you're right yeah. that's right but that's what makes us humankind Correct. is because <laughs> we we involve we learn from each other if we're not learning every day um you're not living is what i call it not one
1: bit i you know and
0: i want to say thanks for coming on to the podcast no this, this was, is the this longest was,
1: this was bad, man I, i'm glad we made this happen and uh
0: I thought you would like it and everything, and the reason why I pushed so hard to get you on this week is because, to me, this is a Christmas special, um, I call it, to support everybody in the side-by-side industry. Um, I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy Holidays, and uh, we're going to try to do one before the New Year, Um, we're definitely trying to work on another fellow to do a new one for the new one, but I want to say thanks to Ryan again from Raceline Wheels. I know you had lots to talk about. I know that we could keep continuing on.
1: <laughs> we can go on. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it. And um, let's get you on future podcasts for sure. Yeah.
1: And I mean, any man, race, anything. I mean, I, I'm here. I mean, I'm hard to get a hold of sometimes, but man, I, I, I definitely enjoy this. So definitely keep me involved.
0: For sure. Thanks everybody. And that's Ron Edwards. Hey, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot, sir. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Side by Side Dirt the podcast is available on Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, and coming soon to iTunes.